0: Hello and welcome to Marriage on a Tightrope. Uh, This week we are going to air the interview that we did a few weeks ago with John Larson. To be more specific, John Larson interviewed us on the Sunstone podcast and they gave us permission to air it on our feed as well. So go check out the Sunstone podcast. It is fantastic with John Larson. If that name sounds familiar to some of you out there, uh, John Larson also hosted the Mormon Expressions podcast back in the day. Uh, he was a big uh a big deal for me uh, in the podcast space uh back a few years ago. so having the opportunity to meet with him and sit down with him was was a bigger deal for me than it was for Katie. but we really enjoyed it uh for those that have heard our first episode, which kind of tells the timeline story and then our episode with this week in Mormons that interview, there will be some overlap here as we uh, talk about some of the same things about our our story. But there are some things that we get into that, uh, because John is a great interviewer, uh, we get into a few things that we've never talked about before. So we hope you listen to it and enjoy. And before we get there, we just want to plug our Facebook and Instagram accounts, Marriage on a Tightrope. The Facebook group is is starting to be a lot more active, which is great. So join us there and enjoy some conversation. On Instagram, you can enjoy some pretty pictures. I'm not trying to be condescending, but it came off that way. And you can email us at marriageonatightrope at gmail.com. And of course, to show your support for the podcast, you can go to marriageonatightrope.org. And midway down the page, there's a donate button. You can make a one-time donation or become a monthly subscriber you find value in this podcast and want to support our time and effort that we put into bringing that value to you and others we would very much appreciate that thank you and enjoy the episode
1: all right welcome back to another episode of the sunstone podcast i'm your host John Larson. And we're here in the fabulous uh, Sunstone Studios. We we're, we're 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 coming along. It's it's getting closer to being it's the done. The best I've seen the building. Uh, have you ever been here before? Nope. Oh. <laughs> the the um we're in the Sunstone offices which are at uh 343 north, 300 west in Salt Lake City. We're just north of West High School in, in the Marmalade District, this was called. I looked up why, and used, they said they used to grow marmalade trees here, and I thought, eh, I don't think that's possible. But that's what they say. So um, we're, we're here in this, this old house that Sunstone's been in for, I, I don't know, 20 years, maybe more. And um, we've been cleaning it out and refurbishing it. We're going to have an open house here in a couple of months and, and let anybody who wants to come in. But thanks so much for joining me. We've got the, the, the back bedroom here that we've turned, we're turning into a studio. <laughs> and I have two celebrities. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> um, um, I have Alan and, and, and Katie. Right? And, That's right. And you guys are podcasters. We are. The mounts. So tell us all the name of your podcast and let's put out the, the link to it first.
2: Okay, our, um, our podcast is called Marriage on a Tightrope, and you can find us um, on Instagram at marriage on a Tightrope, or you can email us at marriage on tightrope at gmail.com. It's
1: but, a great name, by the way. I, thank you. That is Katie's. Katie, you're the one who named it? And, I did. And you guys tell me this was your idea.
2: Yeah, it was my idea. Um, I think that there are not enough resources for people in our position And one time I asked a leader if um, there was anyone I could talk to when we were going through this, and he said there was no one. And I thought two things. One, either a lot of people are lying to you, or two, they just don't feel comfortable enough to out themselves and talk about these issues. So I asked Alan if we should start a podcast, and he like jumped at it. And I didn't expect that, and so like just within a week we were recording. What
0: situation? What? what, what yeah, what? we jumped. We jumped the gun a bit. Nah.
1: So So the situation is that you guys are in what we call a mixed faith marriage. That's right. Right. I don't, I don't know if that's a good term.
0: Yeah. What would you call it, John? I I, I
1: don't I don't know. I'm I'm trying to work on um, uh, that we all are less divided. But I, I guess I guess maybe I'll refine it. I like that mixed. It's not like because uh, we use terms like X and anti and blah 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 blah. But you guys are just trying to make things work. We're a we're a blended marriage, maybe. Well, let, a let's mi- be a clear. Blended, a faith blended marriage? marriage. If you're around anybody long enough uh, you're, that you're married to, you're going to discover you're in a mixed faith marriage on something. <laughs> on something. Right? You know, it's so true. At, at some point, they're going to say something. And you're be like, wait, what? <laughs> I, thought, I thought we knew each other well well yes it's, it is a, a service that 's absolutely needed, and um, over the years i 've had a lot of opportunity to talk to different folks in the situation you 're in, and it can be heartbreaking, but it can also be um, fantastic um, and and i 've met some really amazing people in mixed faith marriages. And, Alan, I'm sorry, but all the amazing people i met in mixed-faith marriages have always been on, Katie, your side, on the church side. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
2: uh, no to, pressure. Just to put
1: the, the pressure on. So, you guys, um, um, Alan, you went through a faith crisis. I did. This was uh, about, what, two two years? How long ago? Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, the, the depths of the crisis were the beginning of 2017, the first half of 2017. Uh, it, it dates back a little bit, some of the cracks. Um, appeared in about 2014. Um in in August of 2013 my father was uh struck and killed by a drunk driver. Oh, I'm so sorry. And thank you. And um that that experience happened right as I was called to be Elders Corn president. Literally the last text I got from my dad was was uh son, I'm so proud of you. You're going to be the greatest and you're grabbing onto the rock. That was his term for for you you're figuring this out. What a gift that that was the last That was the last thing, thing. and I've got a new phone I didn't save the text, but I've got it up here. It's right. in my right. head. It's okay. And so, talking with family over the the few months after that, uh it really felt very final that he was gone. So that was a little bit of a crack there and seeing how the ward operates and this is not a fair conclusion to make, but at the time it really combined with with the feelings I had about my father It really looked like, hey, these are a lot of good people that are trying to do right for the people that they're serving. I don't see a lot of divinity in this. So that's kind of – it set up the table for when I learned a a couple of things uh, from the Gospel Topic essays about six months after that.
1: So virtually everybody – that's a good way to put it. Everybody who's part of any faith tradition is going to have doubts from time to time. Sure. So, what is it that pushed you kind of over the edge? Well, I think uh, maybe my my soul was was
0: injured when I got into the Gospel Topics essays, and a few of the things that I learned in there were were surprising, shocking enough to kind of make me take a step back and and say, "Wait a minute!" And I came out of my uh, of our office and walked into the living room and told Katie. Did you know this, 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 and this? And um, just kind of threw it out. And I was kind of in a daze. And and Katie, do you remember? You don't remember, but...
2: I don't remember any of this.
0: <laughs> but um, what she, her response was, If you ever leave the church, I'm leaving you. <laughs> and uh, to be fair, what had just
2: happened like a month earlier? Yeah, I, ju- I was sitting on the couch with a brand new baby. Like, <laughs> I was totally sleep-deprived and... I don't know. I just don't even remember the whole exchange. Right?
1: Had it ever crossed either of your mind that one of you might leave the church? Never, ever, ever. Before
2: no.
1: Before that moment,
0: we were gonna be. We met on the mission actually in the MTC. We met. So our our and there we have spiritual experiences that tie us together. Right. That we can get into if 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 needed. Right. But when when Katie made that comment about if you leave the church, I'm gonna leave you. It it rightfully so scared me and, and I was not willing to make, I wasn't willing for that to happen. I wasn't going to let that happen. But of course that didn't fix anything. No, but in my mind, I just said, I'm just putting this up on the shelf. I mean, that's not the words I used back then. I didn't have that vocabulary back right. then, but I said, I'm going to forget about this and we're just going to, I'm just going to double down and get back into my calling and focus on this. And so I did. Uh, I I actually loved it. I still look back at my time as Elders Corn president
1: and absolutely loved it. And so you had, you had an infant who was number four. Yep. So um, pretty busy at home. It was busy at home. Work was, was
0: crazy. I had moved into a new position, and that was all fun and games. But what happened over the next couple of years was I started experiencing a lot of anxiety and some mild depression. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think we both recognized that at the time as tied to my father, which I'm sure it certainly was. And at the same time, now looking back, it was this just being pushed down. That was a big part of it too.
1: Well, and they're all tied together. I mean, our, our, our mm-hmm. faith, our belief is is just wound around everything so tight. I, I was talking to a friend the other day. And I was using an example of um, ivy. If it if it grows around a tree not, you know, not like a building, it, Ivy sends in like roots into the tree and there comes a point where you can't really remove it anymore without killing the tree. Right. Um, because they're just, they just grow together. And, and I, I think what a lot of ex-Mormons struggle with, especially in the early phase is that they, they want, they want the pain to stop. So they want to extract Mormonism, mm-hmm. but, but it can't be done. Right. Not, not really. All right. Yeah. No, that's that's a good little analogy. Yeah, it is.
0: I want to get a painting and put it on my wall with an <laughs> ivy or <in> a tree. <laughs> no,
1: I, I want a vinyl sticker up above your family room. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, I mean,
0: just timeline-wise, over over the next couple of years, the the anxiety and the depression, it kind of died. It just went away. I don't know why, it, but it did. And I didn't make any effort really to, to do anything to heal. It just kind of, I, it just kind of went away. And then at the beginning of 2017, well, I don't remember why I don't remember. I remember where we were in our driveway in the car and I turned to Katie and said, you know, I think I'm ready to figure this church thing out. I really want to go and look into all this history stuff that I, uh, that I learned a few years ago. Uh, I think I'm going to do that. How's that?
2: <laughs> I was fine with it I mean I felt really at peace about it and so I thought well if he's going to do that it's going to all work out because what is it that he's going to find so I didn't have any problems with it um, the problem that we talk about a lot and the biggest regret we have is that um, I wasn't Along for the ride. Mm. I mean, he went and did it. And he studied for six months about everything. And didn't tell me anything until uh, we were taking a car trip out to Georgia where his family lives. And, um, and you have three and a half days to talk <laughs> in a car when you're trading off dri- driving. And that's when he first like told me about some of the stuff. And... I was furious because um, he was in a completely different place than where we were in the car. Let me just figure this out. And then um, he figured it out without me and without telling me his new opinions.
1: I'm so so glad you articulated that because what what tends to happen is people go down the rabbit hole because once you have the paradigm shift, you know, I, I think one of the keys of changing the view of whether the church is like all true or, as as a lot of ex Mormons do, all false. I mean, that, that's a that's a false paradigm, right? Right. But 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 that that once you change that view, you have to go reprocess everything. So it oftentimes sends the, the the investigator, the the, the soon to be ex Mormon, down this where they're rereading everything. And of course, Mormon history is fascinating, yeah. especially when you take the gloves off. Because it's it's dirty and it's weird and it's fun, yeah. And 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 Katie, you're expressing it right because there's this like this devil's choice here. Because I've seen people who beat their spouse up with it every night. They're like, "Do you know what I learned today? Do <laughs> you know what those bastards said this time?" And, yeah. and 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 that can be really painful. But but you're expressing the 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 other pain, which is this person's on this journey and you're you're shut out. Yeah right. you're, not, you're not there and, and he's dumping this stuff on you are like, hold on, I haven't had time to process it So I don't mean to put words in your mouth
2: No, that's, that's it And it's, I mean, it was six months worth of study And, and everything that he had done And um, it was all just coming at me like darts And so that was really hard for me And that trip was really painful That was a tough that trip That was a very difficult And trip.
1: where do you go? this because I mean you've got on, you've probably hit some support groups some online community
0: yeah I actually had figured out that my brother was in the same position uh-huh. um, I'm the youngest of six kids before this moment where on the phone my brother and I discovered that we were both he I, I don't even remember what it was but he asked me some question about did you know that such and such about Joseph Smith and such and such about Emma and, and I went I just learned that what are you what are you doing and we kind of discovered that we're in the same boat so yes I did I, I had a few people to
1: turn to Right. But I mean, the, the church, uh, which can be very supportive, doesn't necessarily advertise that. And you don't, you don't know. So, so where, where did you turn for support?
2: Um, so I think it's, I think like in any marriage, when you have a problem and you're trying to figure it out, you don't necessarily want to like tell everybody because you, you think like, well, until I get to the point where we figured it out, then I can tell everyone, oh, well, we've, overcame this big hurdle. And and it wasn't... Um, so I was, one, really upset with Alan. Two, I was a little bit embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, like, who I would turn to or what... I know what my reaction was. And I felt like, well, if I can work through this, um, then when things are better, I can just tell my family afterwards. Because I didn't really want them to be involved. Right. Um, I think it's one thing for... Alan's family to be involved because like, they're going to love him no matter what. But when it's an in-law and it's a different family, I had some serious worries about my family resenting him or being upset with him. And, um, so, and so I didn't really turn to anyone. I did talk to my sister-in-law who is his oldest brother is the Bishop of a ward out there. And, um, and I, felt comfortable enough to talk to her. So I talked to her for a long time and they could see that we were kind of in a crisis. And so after we returned from Utah, they were really good enough to come just the two of them from Georgia to fly out to Utah to spend some time with us because they could tell that we were in a really bad place.
1: So well, and, and you talk about telling people, what do you even tell them?
2: Exactly. because you're
1: going through a faith crisis, it's not like you've landed anywhere right yeah. you're like my husband's reading a bunch of stuff, and it's pissing me off i mean what 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 exactly do you say to
2: well and i I found like I went on Facebook and I hate facebook i, don't, I mean i I love <laughs> Facebook, but I hate it because I feel like um I mean, it's not like a human connection. You have mm. these support groups. But I, for me, I needed to connect emotionally with someone on this level. And so I, I didn't know where to go. And I found this LDS Wives Anonymous Facebook group. Yeah. Which, I mean, is just... A joke. For the
0: few months she was in that group, it was the best entertainment. Yeah, because it was
2: it was like The Bachelor every night. You know, you were it, the, t- constant drama, constant no, the, the, the talking concept. of people's problems.
0: People, it's called anonymous because they're able to message the moderators with their question or their problem, and, and then, the then it's posted anonymous, is, anonymously. So we'll you get post, all the juicy stuff because it's you anonymous. Get everything, right? It was, it was so fun.
2: And so <laughs> I posted about my, you know, where I was in my position, and nobody had anything to say. They just said, "Oh my god." sorry, that's really hard. I don't even know what I would do in your position. And that doesn't make you feel better. You know, there's no, there is no map of how to navigate this. And so, um, yeah, Facebook was not a help to me at all.
1: (laughs) No, and that's what I was hinting at before that, and the the church is growing up to this and and the people always lead out. So, so there's getting to be more in support. But, you know, for a long time, the church dealt with apostasy by kind of, Gaslighting the apostate and and, and, and uh, this is sounding worse than I mean it too, because when you have a faith community and and the, you know the Mormon church is more than just a, a bunch of believers, we're really tied in together. We take care of each other's kids, we listen to each other's problems, we go into each other's homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I think to me that's some of the best parts of Mormonism, but when somebody breaks faith, it really sends shockwaves through the community in ways that I think people start acting like in ways that, that we can think they're being mean or they're being jerks, but we've really shifted their paradigm in a way like, wait, wh- I, I thought we were all brothers and sisters here. Why do you want to leave us? And and I think that can result in some negative interaction. And then somebody like you, Katie, is just stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like like you, you're, you're loyal to your husband, you're loyal to your church, and you know, you're going to get some bad advice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I did receive some bad advice and you know what, that's okay. I think that, uh, Alan and I early on decided that we would give every, everyone the benefit of the doubt. So even if they said something that was hurtful, we understood where those emotions were coming from. And also, we just felt like if people were reaching out to us and they continue to, they cared enough about us to say something. And that is huge to to me. And and so um, we never really have been offended by what people have said to us, even though we have received bad advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: and I think that's gotten better over time. I remember in probably the fall of 2017 uh, after a meeting Katie was speaking with a leader and asked him where do you think Alan is? Where do you, where do you see he is? Because I was still kind of doing this and I was still attending and for the, for the non-people in the room the people that are listening, I, I kind of wobbled like I was losing my balance <laughs> I, I, was, I was up in the air uh, and the response was, was well I've noticed he's wearing colored shirts now
2: <laughs> and that. And if, if they went we to
0: saw... church, uh, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, just wearing the colored shirt, right? <laughs> and, and and if they would have said, if I would have gotten that message yesterday,
1: yeah,
0: as opposed to 2017, if I would have gotten it yesterday, I would have just laughed, right? Like we just did. Right. I just, oh my gosh, all right, that's a little silly, but I, the anger's not not in me as much anymore. It can flare, it mm-hmm. can flare, right? But back then, um, I was mad. Remember, you told me about it in our right. in the room and.
2: And And, and and I I I just said, can we
0: just point out how ridiculous that, and I just went on a rant.
2: We were both upset because it seems, it just seems so ridiculous that that's what you would look at. Not that, you know, he's in the pew, like listening to what's going on, but because of what he's wearing is that that's what you have a problem with. Right. Um,
0: and I still, I think we both still feel that way, but our reaction isn't as tied to emotion as it once was. Right, where really trying to get to a place where no matter who it is, I mean, yesterday I met for an hour and a half with the state president. I'm not coming back, but he wanted to meet. So I said, sure, let's meet. And it was a great conversation. There wasn't any yelling or anger or he wasn't pointing fingers at me and I wasn't pointing fingers at him, but we're both very opinionated and we shared those opinions. And anyway,
1: fantastic. (laughs) 2017, you're going through a 2018, you launch a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. So Katie met with uh, the stake president probably at the at the bottom of her emotional Slope, if, if you will, before it started well, to get better. The
2: state president, someone in the state presidency. Oh, yeah. excuse me,
0: and asked him. I mean, it was your conversation. You can talk about it, but
2: yeah, I mean, I was. I mean, I was going through the motions. I said, "There's no roadmap. I don't know how to navigate this. I don't know anyone in my situation. Not one single person." And um, my family, I would say, is a very traditional Mormon family, and all my siblings have been married in the temple, and I mean there hasn't been anyone that has caused a wave. And here we are like, causing this a wave. A big wave. <laughs> and um, I, I said to him, you know, who can I talk to? And he said, well, you know, generally speaking, if the husband or the wife leaves, um, the spouse always follows. And that upset me. And then I said, well, is there anyone I can talk to? You don't have to give me the name now. But just like if if there's someone that you could approach and say, hey, would you mind talking to them? And he just said, no, there isn't anyone. And it made me angry. <laughs> I think that's why I decided like, I wanted to start a podcast because I was just angry that no one was talking about it. And so... Something Katie's
0: not going to give herself credit for is she is one of the most, if not the most empathetic person I've met. And I think I feel that every day because I get to be with her. Uh, She very much in her pitch to do the podcast was there are people like me out there and I know they're hurting just as much. And would you want to do a podcast with me and we can get our voice out there? Uh, And people can help us, or we can help other people, rather. It had nothing to do with, I think if we talk about this, it will help us. It was, let's put our voice out there to let other people know that they're not alone.
1: Well, let me take a second and thank you for it. Because, you know, I've seen a lot of the pain and a lot of the things that people go through. And the situation that that you're in, the mixed-faith marriage, is is one of the hardest to navigate. And, And in reality, even if a couple leaves the church together, it's... Unlikely they're completely on the same page every right. single time. So almost everybody who's married, who one has a faith crisis, is going to go through what what you're describing. And I, I think Katie, you explained it well when you when you said you know people feel embarrassment and they feel like a failure. You know, because cause as you were saying, you know, we're supposed to get married in the temple. We're supposed to have this eternal family. Um, you know, it, it's like it's the old joke is, you know, in the, in the church, you are supposed to, you know, go to young women's and then, you know, go get the priesthood. If you're a man, you're, you're all these marks and then you get married then you have kids and then and then you die is, is, is the next one. Right. Right. Like like it's, it's just it just keep going now. Yeah. And 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 then it feels a lot of ways like you got off track, like like your heaven even here on earth, just came crumbling down around you. And, and sometimes the ex-Mormon is off, you know, like discovering this new world of all these new opportunities, and the, the, the person who's left sitting in the pews by themselves now feels lonely. With four kids. With four <laughs> kids. So, so, so do you still go to church at all? What, what, what do you do? I don't. Uh, it's,
0: it's been, I tried again in January. So we're sitting here in March. So a couple of months ago, I tried, "Hey, two hours, maybe," you know, and no, it, it was. I'm too talkative, and and yeah, you know, I can get through sacrament just fine. It. I kind of roll my eyes, and Katie and I will look at each other, and I'll roll my eyes, and she'll roll my eyes because I roll my eyes, and those types of things. But we, I could get through it, but but man, I, I'm not to a point where I can just sit and it's damaging to me right. to hear some of the things that are said in an Elders Quorum or a Sunday School and not raise my hand and say, "Can I offer a different." A uh, perspective on this, and uh, so yeah, I, I'm not attending right now. So how is going to church?
2: Um, <laughs> well, this last Sunday was horrible. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna be totally honest. Like when it's hard, and when it's good, and when there are things that are great said and bad said, I will text Alan throughout ch- church and say like, "Oh man, guess who said this?" Or you know, and 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 uh, I mean, I text Alan Sunday, and and I just said. I mean, I, I don't want to. Can I swear? I said, like, our kids are being assholes. I was so mad. Like, that's how pissed off I was at him. And it's not easy for me to wrangle like four kids alone in a pew. And at first, um, I didn't like getting like the judgy pity stares because everyone knows. And um, but then I just stopped caring. And um, I'm the I'm the primary president in my ward, and so. Um, Right now, primary is a great place for me. I love being in primary with my kids, and that's, that's a nice, like, safe little bubble for me. Thank and, you, I'm because be I,
1: I love the primary. <laughs> I, um, and uh, there was some resentment, because when, when, you know, my, my, my uh, first wife and I, um, we, we, we weren't able to have children. It was six or seven years before we adopted so that means every ward we went into, they just dropped us right in the primary, and I was resentful in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't in the primary; I had to go to the regular ward. And I, I just, <laughs> wanted, and a matter of fact, when we when we left the church, we went to the Unitarian church for four or five years, mm-hmm. and I volunteered right away to go teach the nine year olds because because I, I it felt like a sanctuary for me. Yeah. Right, right.
2: Yeah, kids don't care if no. you've had a bad day, if you're crying, if they just don't care; they just love you no matter what. And I had a lot of those days um, when we were going through this. And so when I got to primary, um, like I really feel, I get a lot out of, um, being with kids. And one time Alan, um, suggested we go do something on a Sunday and I'm like, I've got the primary program practice. Like there's just no way I can do it. And and he's what did you say
0: yeah i kind of i didn't blow up but i kind of was just like see you're choosing the church over your family <laughs> and why can't we go do something as a family and and her and her and response that, was reasonable
2: yeah and so i i said to him look i feel like i serve my family i'm a stay at home mom i am with the family all day every day that's all i do And one thing that really fulfills me is, is fulfilling like my calling and primary is fulfilling to me. So if I get like one hour back then it was two hours, two hours a week and I get to do something that I love, I, I want to be there. And he absolutely, um, it was a light switch and
0: that moment was big, uh, for whatever reason. Like intellectually, I think I understood what she was saying before she said it. But when she said it, a light switch went off and it it was like, this is good for her. She's, She's expressing that this is something that she needs and that it helps her feel closer to those that she's serving, to her God. Like, how dare I try to pull that away? And it helped that one of the things you didn't say you mentioned was the very first thing out of her mouth was like, why can't we do both? Why do we have to miss church to go hiking? Why don't we go hiking after church? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to, I'm testing you, I guess, which is rude. And so, I mean, those conversations have led to some, I mean, breakthroughs, but if you don't have the conversations, you don't break through.
1: Right. Well, and and this reflects on a piece of advice I gave in last week's podcast, which is a lot of people, when they leave the church or have a faith crisis, they, they want resolution. They want to quickly get to like the next stage, right? but there is no next stage and there is no hurry. You know, just do everything at your own speed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if people can accept that, they're going to be much happier, you know? Yeah. And of course, that's harder when you have two people who have two different speeds.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, it, you're reminding me of something that Bill Real. so our podcast is done underneath Bill Real's umbrella for oh, our discussions. And Bill Real, when we started, one of the very first pieces of advice he gave was, as you're recording this, you need to be true to who you are. And if, if your dynamic changes... Don't try to pretend that you're this happy mixed faith marriage couple. If Katie's testimony starts to crack, document it. You have to be true. And if you, and if you don't want to record it anymore, then stop recording it, but don't let, don't make the podcast as you've set it up to be this, Oh, we can make it all work. And it's so happy and she'll always be out. I'll always be in. If I decide I'm going to go back. We need to document that. It's our story. We don't have to shape the narrative to meet the listener.
1: I love Bill, and he gives good advice. And that's good advice. But I'm going to play a trump card. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. So. I'm going to tell you guys, as somebody who recorded a podcast with my, with my former wife, and I'm trying to bash get the word X out of my, my, my vocabulary. Sure. She's, she's still a great friend. We, we, we get along really well. There's parts that can be just yours. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put everything on the air. Right. Right,
0: I uh, I, I, I so, agree with you. And uh, sorry, I'll, one second, babe. Uh, the I think his his main point wasn't document at all. It was uh, you don't have to pretend, be authentic. I, yeah, be I authentic. You don't have to pretend.
2: Yeah. And um, along with that, it, it's funny because there have been episodes that we've recorded and I've listened back and I'm like, nope, no, sorry, delete, uh, because they were not what I wanted them to be or, I mean, I think it was just like raw things. Um There are, I cry almost every episode. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, I don't really, but I just, there, there are some really um, big things that we talk about on the podcast that are, I think are helpful for other couples. But, um, Alan is like really good about sharing everything and I am not. And so Luckily, he's given me a lot of the creative control so that if there's something that I I don't like in an episode or something that, I mean, we disagreed on or I'll say, like, edit this or I'll say, um, let's not let's hold off on this and maybe we can air it a little bit later when I feel. Better
1: about it. Yeah, yeah. You, you say you've recorded about thirty episodes now, totally? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I probably have about thirty that I haven't aired. <laughs> and and I'll tell you there's ones that have been up there that I've gone back years later and pulled down. Yeah. So so you're you're right. I mean you're you're we're we're in an emotional stream, all of us in, in, in life and things change and you know, you you'll be going along in life well and Bam! Suddenly, your father passes away, right. and everything changes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's okay. So I, you know, I accused you. I, I jokingly called you guys exhibitionists um, when, when you <laughs> came in, you because know, there's there's something about wanting to um, get your voice out there. I I've, I've done a lot of self work, and I think I decided because I'm a middle child and I never got listened to. So <laughs> now everybody else has to listen to me, right? Yeah. So so what is it that made you guys want to? I mean, you've you've you've, you've said it a little bit. You want to help other people, sure. but that's the Sunday school answer. What made you? <clears throat> want to put your voices out. I mean there has to be something that, that made you think, Katie, well let's do a podcast.
2: I felt like I didn't want to hide anymore. Mm. I had this group of women that I would go to um, go to dinner with a lot and I for a full year I didn't tell anyone. And it was it was it just like ate at me and that I couldn't like speak my truth, I couldn't speak about what was happening to me, that it was such a taboo subject. Everything at dinners were very surface level about kids and you know, where we're going on vacation. Nothing was deep, and that really bothered me when this happened because I felt like I needed to connect with other people on a deeper level as well as with my my spouse. And so, I'd never honestly when we did the podcast I thought, well, I didn't think this. A, a very well-meaning family member said, um, you guys aren't professionals. Who would ever want to listen to you? Who <laughs> would
1: want to listen to you? Are, are there any professional podcasters? I thought that was I part, mean, of the, part of the show. We're not
2: professional. We can't give advice. And I think in the first few episodes, we gave a lot of disclaimers. Like, hey, we're not, we are not psychologists. We're not therapists. But um, that really, like, s- struck a chord in me. And I thought there's got to be other people who want to listen to this. And I mean, within the first two episodes, we we knew.
1: And again, I, I I know I keep pandering and, and thanking you. I, I I think one of the the problems I see in, in our in our in our broader culture is so many people take their cues of what Mormonism is like from conference or from the Enzyme or whatever. That, and really, Mormons are much richer and more dynamic and more complex than the church ever plays out. Mm-hmm. And I thank you again so much for, for going on and, and, and representing that because I think it's it's underrepresented. You know, yeah, I, I I'm
0: just super proud of, of Katie for wanting to put her voice out there. I've in our marriage I've always been the one to get on a stage or to turn on the mic. I've,
2: literally. I, literally. He does improv yeah.
0: comedy. I perform in Provo at Comedy Sports. Yeah. Friday and Saturday night at 7.30 and 9.30. Uh, but then we have done a. I've done a video game podcast, so I think uh, she knew that oh. podcast was in the home already, and that was one method of, of getting out She saw you doing it,
1: and she's like, oh, any Yahoo can do any, that. If he can do it,
0: then we can I've do it together. I've
2: never listened to any of this a video game no, podcast, not even one. Of
0: course not. <laughs> why, would, why would she? But when, but when, as we recorded this, that first episode, it was so fascinating for me to sit and see her be so eloquent and thoughtful and open and vulnerable where, when she gets upset or when she's feeling vulnerable, her, she just, she locks down like many people do. She locks down, and boy, I won't, I, am I've learned now it's, I've been almost 15 years. We're not true experts yet in the marriage field, but we're, it's a constant effort, but I've learned, I just don't even try. This clam is shut and we got a Molly well, we should use a different animal. But, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the door is locked, uh, for a, for a day or so and wait for her to open. So when I s- sat down across the same microphone from her, uh, she, she kind of opened and, and it was, it was really cool. And we had no idea how it would be received. And uh, I mean, we're not nominated for an Emmy or anything, so it's, I'm not trying to trump up what we are, but, no. but you know, Bill, we sent him the audio and on a Thursday, well,
2: we, well, we recorded it and I said, there's, we're not doing this. And, <laughs> and um, Alan sent Bill the audio and we'd never heard back. And I thought, well, it'd that's have been, that. Have been three no, or four he didn't days. like it. That's fine. And then he's us on a Saturday night and said, your episode is airing in the morning. <laughs> and I flipped out. I'm like, I can't do this. This, there's no way we shouldn't do this. It's
1: okay. It's going to be all right. I, Have I you yeah, done the thing down. where you keep refreshing and see, look for comments? Oh
2: no. I didn't even look at the website. I was. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: So I had
0: to go and get in front of the Bishop the next day and tell him like, Hey, just FYI, this is hitting and this is how you can listen and. I promise we'll be good, and and then family started. We told family like, "Hey, this is going to be out there," and but there there was was, other than a few well-meaning family members' comments. It's been very positive, and the emails started rolling in just so fast. I mean, when you're when you're released on the same feed as Bill Reels' podcast, you have a installed fan base right right from the beginning, and that's when the therapy started for us is meeting with other people. Yeah. It was the best thing that could have happened. So what this dirty secret about marriage and a tightrope is, <laughs> is that we've gotten, and this is so cliche, but we have gotten so much more out of it than we've given. <laughs> it's just been a life saver for us, not only to talk to each other as we've recorded, but the people we've met and seeing other people face to face last night, we went to dinner with another couple and just like, they're making it work. We're making it work. They had a hard experience last week. So did we like, this is okay. We're going to make this work. It's good. Fantastic.
1: So, yeah. oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say, and um, it's funny because we have a few couples that are, have been good friends for, I mean, our whole marriage. But you find that um, as you enter different phases of life, um, different people come into your life that are good for you right then. And so, like, right now, while we, you know, love the couples that we've been friends with for years, um, it's, it's really natural and easy to meet with these couples who are in the same position.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Take care of yourselves. Del, del, um, <laughs> you, you can, and one of the, the, the most richly rewarding things of being involved in something like this, it doesn't, is, is you, you, you meet other people and you're able to help other people, but it can be a burden. Yeah. So I give you permission to turn off the email and not answer everything. <laughs>
0: um, oh. You're saying this at the peak of our stress level with yeah. with everything.
2: We're we're at burnout. Like
0: we are at we are at def- Defcom four.
1: Yeah. It gets worse. And if you let it, if Defcom goes above five. <laughs>
2: oh so no! I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> I thought four was
1: the top. Did I, I not know the scale? <laughs> I'm just saying, you guys. I give you permission to step back because there'll be people who who are yeah. in need and you can't. Solve right. everybody's problem.
2: So, so here's the question. Um, and this has been like on my mind, and maybe you can give me some advice, John. But um other than Facebook, how do you connect? You know, we're the common denominator for most people. And I don't mind we don't mind meeting with people and talking with people, but I feel like, you know, there has to be a group of people that can just meet up on their own to to give that support to each other, and I don't know how to do that.
1: They, they, they are, and there's, there's actually quite a few of them. Are there? Sometimes I make it sound like they're not, but, but what happens is, is the groups tend to form, and then they tend to break off um, from like a public access, and then new ones form, and new ones form. There's a lot of um, um secret groups on Facebook, sure? and they're they're secret just so it's, people don't want to get like punched by their family or, right. or or what whatever that that are out there giving this kind of support, but you know frankly you guys are some of the best to help coordinate that stuff and, and right. that, that's kind of what we you want to do is, tra- is traffic cop and say oh we you're up in northern uh europe in idaho in the boise area well i know these guys yeah and i know these guys and that's something if, if folks want to help us that um i i know like uh, mormon spectrum's been working on that problem post-mormon um years ago worked on that problem we're looking at ways to do hell we did it in in whitefields and, and yeah, don't be afraid to, to, to shuffle fo- folks off, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and just, you know, m- most of the people are, are, are good. There are some toxic people out there, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but, but more, more is just, you know, you've only got so much to give yeah. right. and, yeah. and you're already putting so much of yourself out there on the podcast because it's emotionally exhausting yeah. Um, yeah. and, and, and you have to recover. So, um, having said all that, what have you learned? Well, tell me about the arc since you've been on the podcast, how mm-hmm. has it changed you?
2: Um, so as a TBM, I always call myself, like, <laughs> at the beginning, I was a true believing Mormon, right? Um, at the beginning, uh, I didn't really understand all the issues. I feel like I have not done near as much as Alan's, um, in-depth study, but I would categorize myself as a more nuanced believer, and I, I don't say that in a negative way. I think that I absolutely recognize where the hurt comes from for other people. It's easier for me to empathize with them, and um, I think that's a really positive thing. Um, as well as, I mean, our communication between the two of us has just shot into the stratosphere. We are at this place right now. It's probably the best that's ever been in our home in our whole marriage. But it's it's so weird how you can go through something like this and still feel completely connected to each other and have it um, elevate where you're at um, just by communication and by working through things together. And I mean, it the, the transition has totally done that for our marriage. And it's been, it's been really positive. There are very, I mean, I think that the very few negative things that I have in my mind were just expectations of my future. Um, But if I just worry about what is the here and now, things are, things are better than it ever has been.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A a couple of examples of uh, things that have been signs of change and really breakthroughs. One of them happened live while we were recording, which was really cool where I got it in my head to ask Katie, how do you know that I love you? And this is early on. This is episode four. It was on Valentine's day of 2018. And she listed off all of the reasons of how you treat me, how you treat the kids. You go to work every day and you work hard. Uh, You play with the kids so much and you tell me that you love me and you give me kisses and And it worked perfectly. I was hoping for that answer and because the (laughs) response, the response was, you didn't say a thing about my beliefs. My beliefs have nothing to do with how you know that I love you and vice versa. doesn't make it, doesn't make it easy, but we are together because we love each other. And that has nothing to do with our religious beliefs. Uh, That was a really big moment. Um, I, the, the, the misconception that I don't want to portray or the, the misinformation I don't want to portray is that everything's easy. Just yesterday, I, I, I said to Katie, I'm like, can I tell you something that's been bothering me for a year? And she said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love
2: those conversations.
0: <laughs> and, and I pointed to the, to the framed, uh, family proclamation on the wall and said, I, it really bothers me that that's hanging on our wall, and,
2: and that's I even, said that
0: the ri- wrong time because she had oh, to take yeah. a kid to soccer or something, and and so she ran out. But then when she got back, as soon as she walked in the door, we had both. It was almost like, oh, maybe we should try this. Of just like this is my problem, and then go away for ten minutes or something. Because when she got back, we she walked in the door, and I put my hands on her shoulders and leaned over and said, "I just want you to know, I'm a reasonable person. We can talk about this. We can." like, let's, I want you to understand why. And if you have any questions and like, let's talk about it, let's just talk about it. I love you. And that hasn't changed. And you sometimes just have to be very deliberate in how you do that. And so we, we talked back and forth a little bit.
2: And I said, well, I mean, this is something we got when we first were married and it's been sitting on the wall in every place we've lived in for how many years. So you don't really think about that kind of thing. And, and I said, is it that, picture of the temple that bothers you like i didn't really get it i knew that the proclamation for the family i i mean i understand why he has a problem with that but i just had never thought of that and so when he said no it's not the picture of the temple because we were married in the salt lake temple and it's the proclamation so we had a short back and forth about that and it was great it was it was fine
0: and i one thing that i'm Katie mentioned how personally she's kind of moved from a, a true believing to a nuanced believing. And for me, I'm so, so grateful and I think it it's happened slowly over the last three or four months, really very recent that, uh, I've been, I can look at something like the, the proclamation to the fam, to the world, the family proclamation and see a lot of really great things.
1: Well, and, and, and you're hinting there. So this is more for the listeners than you. But you need to do the same thing. Cause right. so, so many ex-Mormons are so orthodox in their ex-Mormonry. Really. Exactly. And, and, and then we get, we get nuanced believers, you know, which you have to be to be in, in this world. But, but unless you're a conspiracy theorist, you have to be a nuanced believer to believe in anything. Right. Yeah. You know, right. when I hear ex-Mormons talk about cognitive dissonance, all this stuff, it's all true. I don't, but but it's really true for everything, mm-hmm. you know. Right. You can't be a Packers fan and not have like cognitive dissonance, you yeah. know. Right. You can't yeah. you can't be an American citizen and not have a bunch of cognitive dissonance, right? <laughs> so 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 I, I think we on the ex Mormon side need to ease up on every everyone else mm-hmm. because sometimes we're so orthodox and right. so and so
0: straight laced, you know. But you know what's sad, John, about not being so orthodox is. Mm-hmm. Sports is one thing. Is I'm a fervent Dodger fan, but ever since my crisis yeah. and this stupid empathy that has entered my life, I've I can't hate the Giants anymore. And when I, I graduated from BYU and I look at the University of Utah and I don't hate it anymore, and I'm like, no, there's something. It's fun to hate something. I want to be able to hate something.
1: But. Well, I mean, I I, for, I I get what you're saying. For a lot of time, I was really angry at BYU. <laughs> And but you know, I was down there, we went to see like a a, a movie that had been released been produced um uh, by my my wife and I, and we were just wandering around we, we were there at the same time we didn't know each other and it's just it's part of us it's part of you know right. and and it's just i don't know I, I I think there's more joy to be found in the middle. I I say that. I say that, and I I got accused recently of being a a, a TBM myself. Um, (laughs) You know, I I don't. I don't believe anything metaphysical, and I I don't like any institutions. I'm I'm kind of anarchist when it comes to it. So the fact that it's a corporate church means I'm not on board. But that's way different than the people. The people are dynamic and interesting and weird and fun and funny. And we so often look at what these these old guys in Salt Lake are saying, and we color. You know, millions of people, and it's just ridiculous. Well, and, and even
0: what those people are saying in the last two days, I've had my stake president, and the day before, I went to lunch with uh, the child of a very well known general authority. Right. Uh, and they both asked me the same question in a di- slightly different wording. The stake president asked me, What do you think their motivation is? what do you think the top 15 motivation is? The other question I got was, do you think they're evil? He was a little more direct. Right. (laughs) And I don't, I don't, I don't think that their motivation is, and if we're going down a different path in this conversation, we can, we can stop. But it's, I, I look at what they're doing. I don't, I think their motivation is pure. I think that they believe who they say they are. And I think that, their intentions are well-meaning they want to help people and they they do believe what they're what they're preaching uh but unintentionally there there can be some harm
1: i i agree with that and I, I think I'm, and I'm not accusing these guys of being evil they're not so, yeah so but whenever you see true evil in in the world it comes from a place of like some sort of orthodoxy to some mm. weird standard you know and 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 I, I do. I, I've had that same conversation saying, well, what would you do if you were the, right. you know, I, I, I think these guys generally do believe. I think sometimes they play fast and loose with things in ways they shouldn't. Sure. But, you know, I, if, if I suddenly found myself at the head of the church, because if, if you make a bad move, you can alienate a lot of people. As you guys know, mm-hmm. and your listeners know, going through a faith crisis is very disruptive. So I think oftentimes their, their decisions are trying to minimize that impact. Yeah. And sometimes they win and sometimes they lose, you know? Right, right. So so what kind of stories have you heard from people? I mean, like we hinted at, that's sometimes yeah. the, the most rewarding part about this is being connected to, to out there to the world. Yeah.
2: So um, I'm glad you asked that because I was kind of thinking along the lines of, like, I hope the listeners don't feel like um, if they're in this situation that they have to be, like, Alan and I's relationship right like we're making it work and for us things are going well but we have seen couples in every situation and I mean we've been in it for over a year now so we've seen their relationships evolve also you know we've seen people get divorced we've seen um, another spouse leave with with them um, we've seen them stay together we've seen a number of different things um, and so I hope people know that, you know, this lifestyle that Alan and I are living right now, um, it works for us, but it doesn't work for everyone, and um, I, I never want to, you know, we had a few, we had a couple that we went out with, and um, he was out, and she was in, and she was trying to make it work, and it just no longer worked for her, and so she went out, and and she she got out of the church also, and she sent me this text, and she said, I'm so sorry, um, you really did help us, but I'm sorry it didn't end up that I stayed in. And I said, N- no, I think you misunderstand. Uh, we are here to support whatever you feel is best for you and your family. And so... Whether you're in or out, it doesn't make any difference to us. We just want to be there to help you through it. And if we provided some help, great. But um, we're supportive of whatever you decide.
1: Yeah, and that—that's. Thank you for saying that. And that's—that's what I'm—I'm railing at. Is people kind of take this as if it's a—it's a journey to a destination. They're trying to get to that destination as quickly as possible. Am I in? Am I out? Am I a member? Am I not a member? Are we going to? You know? You know? Are we going to stay together? We not? And it just. I want everybody to breathe and right. be a little bit more mindful and just really saying, oh, I'm feeling nervous today. Why am I feeling nervous? Oh, that hurt me. Why did that, why did that hurt me? And, and, and do what you're going to do at your speed. And I don't care what that is. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, but if, if you, know, if, if you, if you want to go drop acid with your friends, go drop acid with your friends. Just do it safely, please. Um, but but <laughs> don't feel forced. And, and don't feel like you have to do any of that stuff, right right and and and, and I, I love the way you're framing it that that that, that you know people say oh I, I fa- our, our marriage failed." Mm-hmm. No, the, the marriage didn't fail. You were together for ten years, mm-hmm. and then you both collectively decided the best thing for us is, is to move on. That's what I, I want people to recognize. Let's stop framing states of being as failures. And you know, you guys could—I don't know—next year go both go back to church. You could both become Lutherans. Who knows? Maybe you'll open a Buddhist retreat in ten years. (laughs) Whatever your path is, whatever your path is, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just as long as you don't hurt other people.
0: Right. That's 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 the key. Uh, A few rapid fire uh, stories from from a few listeners that we had. One of the we immediately started offering to go to dinner with people. And I, probably the fourth or fifth dinner we went to, Copper Onion, it's wonderful, love it, but we went to the Copper Onion and sat down, and the, the husband was out, the wife was still in. We didn't know much about him. Uh, we,
2: we knew that he had gone to high school with my sister, and so we had that sort of um, as a common ground. He was from my hometown, and, but we didn't know much else about the couple.
0: Yeah, and we, we went into the dinner the same way we went into all the dinners, about 30 seconds of ice breaking of, oh, how's it going? How was your day? Oh, the traffic was bad. And then Katie was like, let's just get right down
2: <laughs> into it. to it. Katie Jake. says,
0: let's just get right down to it. Uh, do you both listen then? How how are things going with this? Are you? And it was very clear. The wife just tensed up. And she said, I am not... I have not listened. I will not listen. <laughs> I do not want to be here. I I I got him to sit down with um as general authority. As a general
2: authority that was visiting the stake, and the stake president came to her and said, Hey, we'd like to do we'd like to visit your husband with this general authority.
0: And he said, Fine, and I will if said, you go to dinner with this couple. And we
2: had no idea. And we had no
0: idea. Had no and she idea. started crying, stood up and rushed out of oh, the restaurant. I'm so sorry. And we just yes. went
2: Oh my gosh. I was ticked at him. I was you know, we sat there for twenty minutes and I, and we kept saying, Do you wanna go check Should on? Should you your go wife? be
0: with Do you wanna
2: and she, he said she'll she's be fine. fine, she'll be fine, she'll come back. And she came back, but the rest of the dinner was so awkward, I said, We don't have to talk about any of this and she said, If we talk about any of this, I'll leave. And I said, okay, so we just kept it surface level. And after we're walking out of the restaurant and I'm really upset at him (laughs) because I thought, okay, number one, you can tell there is no communication between the two of them, obviously. And, um, and after the dinner, he pulled me aside and said, well, that went really well. (laughs) And I said, and I thought, in what universe did that go well? That went horribly wrong. And so after that, we realized we need to screen these couples we need to, to, make sure, sure we need to make sure they're sure both on bo- board.
0: And we're probably, you know, based on a one-hour uh, dinner, we're we're judging the state of someone's marriage, and that's probably not fair. Now, so now, now you,
1: you guys are a little bit younger. You're you're in your mid-thirties or so, yeah. Right? I'm in my mid-40s. Let me tell you a secret about life. Sure. Um, especially in their 40s, couples use other couples for therapy. All of, <laughs> this is not just something that people leaving the church do. Right. When couples can't talk to each other. So, yes, it happens. And it's going to happen a lot more in your life that you'll be at dinner with somebody like, are they, uh, are they using me for, for are that? Right. Let, let yeah. me editorialize out there into the world. You are wonderful to go out to dinner with people. And you should. All of you folks out there, if you invite a podcast host of which there is no money in podcasting to dinner, you are obligated. See, I'm correcting all the sins that you are obligated to buy their dinner. Oh, no. I have been out to many, many, many lunches and dinners and I'm, 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 I'm fine, but it does get expensive. So please, if you invite these fine folks or other podcasters, or other people, just recognize there's no money in this, buy
0: their dinner for them. We're going to clip the last two minutes that you just said and insert it into our next episode.
1: <laughs> it just say, Just
0: now it, a message from John Larson. It gets, it gets
1: expensive, and, and <laughs> I, I know where you're at. You you want to help people, and you want, but but it is it is a burden. So I don't I don't want to discourage people from reaching out to right, other people, right. but just recognize you're intruding in in life. Well, I think life. I think what's going to happen is we'll stop. We're not going to be going to Copper Run anymore. We're going to
0: be going to Taco Bell and <laughs> no. McDonald's. we yeah. like, sure, I'll pay, but no, we're, something meet in between me at Chick- like the
2: Cafe Rio, but <laughs> <laughs> right? right. <laughs>
0: very early i'll tell a, a quick story of one more listener. Uh, never have spoken to the wife wife has not listened, but this uh this gentleman reached out we went to we've gone to lunch probably eight or nine times over the last year. Great guy, and he has paid, and I have paid we've kind of switched they're They're not in a good situation in their marriage. It's a very difficult situation for them and He's, I mean, he'll get very, very specific about things that are happening. And she saw him with Grant Palmer's book and she burned it literally and, and stormed out of the house, those types of stories. Well, you know, one night or one day I'm driving home from work and I get a text from him and I'll just say I was at a stoplight so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> but
2: I, I checked the
0: text and it says, I, and I heard, and heard hadn't heard from him in a few weeks. It says, I'm going to drive onto oncoming traffic. And that was it. And I called him immediately and said, what are, what is going on? Meet me at, we always met at Cafe Rio in Fort union. Meet me. Can you meet me at Cafe Rio in 15 minutes? And he said, yeah, I'll be there. And he was all broken up. So we met at Cafe Rio and we talked and he was just in the depths of despair and marriage is failing. This is not working. This is so difficult. And I got home to Katie and told her what happened. And I was a mess. I was just like, we can't do this. This is too much. I can't do this. Let's go record.
2: (laughs) So we Not my first inclination. (laughs) So while
0: the tears were still streaming, we hit record and just pled with people of just get help. And if it's not us, just get help, please. Don't let this, you guys don't let this literally ruin your life. You can't let this happen. And, uh, the same gentleman about two months after that sent me a text out of nowhere that said, Hey, uh, my wife has threatened divorce. I'm no longer allowed to talk to you. So please stop contacting me. Hmm. And I went, Hey, more power to you. But
2: you weren't contacting him. He no, was I wasn't. He was contacting you. me. But
0: <laughs> I said, that's fine, man. Completely fine. Like, I'm glad you're taking it seriously. Best of luck. And then within a week he was back calling me. Because his Sam, wife is out of town. And he, he, he's always in the car and he's telling me, he's, right. he's telling me, y'all just delete the call log. And I'm like, bro. Anyway, <laughs> so there's, there's definitely some interesting interactions you have with people.
1: The, and the, st- the stakes are high, which yeah. is why you yeah. guys modeling it. And I really like that you say, you know, hey, we're not like everybody else. But it, 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 does, give, it does give people hope. And, you know, I'm going to bring on another a different couple that's bickering and fighting so that other people won't feel so bad. I mean, you guys are Um, modeling. Um, What are we still fighting about? Uh, I
2: don't know.
1: Alcohol. You want to talk about alcohol? Oh, yeah. We were going to talk about the booze. Well, (laughs) let's talk about alcohol. I was saying before we recorded, you know, alcohol is is, Mm -hmm. is for me. I talk about it a lot on the podcast because it's such a just a a symbol of ex-Mormonism because it's the first thing that people like, what can't I do? Well, I'm not supposed to have sex with them, but I'm married, so I'll I'll skip that one. Well, alcohol, let's go after that. Right. Um, So so where are you guys at on alcohol? Uh,
0: Well, Katie drinks now, which is weird. (laughs) But I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, the, you know, uh, it's not that funny anymore because Mormons drink now. A right. lot of them do, right? Yes. It's 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 an, you know it, 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 that's why they don't open the uh, state liquor stores on Sunday because they don't want to be embarrassed themselves with all the people in white shirts in there.
0: <laughs> uh, alcohol is not part of the equation yet. Uh, we've talked about it a couple of times. We actually want to do an episode about it uh, to really talk about it because we haven't really talked about it deep. She knows that that I clearly don't think there's anything wrong with it, but that I still live by the law of consequences just because I don't believe that drinking. Let's use that as the example we're talking about, that drinking is a sin. There are still consequences to drinking. If I'm trying to lose weight. It's not a great time to drink a lot of alcohol if I want to, I mean, my father was killed by a drunk driver, so it's, it's, there are real consequences to it. I've been able to, to stand back and, and see uh, some family on my side who has left the church at the very same time I have start casually drinking. And I still haven't, I don't feel like I'm missing out right now. Um, But I've seen them and, and they've kind of explained that first one of my brothers, well, I'm outing him. Uh, My mom's not going to hear this, Uh, but my brother didn't like it at first. And then he found some other drinks that he did and they've never done anything irresponsible. They, they've actually had very positive consequences, um, as a social lubricant in, in certain situations. And so it's, there, there are consequences to every single situation. Katie was telling us on the way here, we were talking about a, a family that we're going to meet in California next week. Uh, even on our vacation, we don't take vacations, but so she, she, uh, this mother said she's got four children and the two that are in the church are great and they're model children and they have healthy marriages and healthy jobs. And the two that are out don't, and they're really struggling. And she's like, I look, I don't want to say the cliche thing. And I know it's just my small little family and I'm not even saying the cliche thing either, but for me, one of my big things that I've thought about is what is the consequence of stripping out this unit of support, this ward family? What am I going to replace it with? Because there's, I feel buoyed up by those around me. And I I fought for over a year to keep going and be a part of it. Uh, And not from a I'm going to change it from the inside type of type of way.
2: Yeah, at first it was like that.
0: There was a little bit of yeah. it, right? But I wanted to be there to get something out of it. And I don't think that's tenable for me anymore. But now I realize that and I go, well, shoot, what am I going to do so that I can
1: still have
0: that, all the benefits
1: of, of that community? Uh, alcohol is a, is a choice that people should think about. For me, it was Four or five years after I lost my faith, because I had alcoholism in my family. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not something. And I, I think I'm going to put together a show where I'm going to bring in some ex Mormons who became alcoholics, yeah. so we we can hear about the. You know, I, uh, of course I drink.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And I, I think it can be an enriching part. I actually don't drink that much. I, I drink yeah. a, a little bit. But I invite when you when you guys decide you want to have your first drink, or, or it's a together decision. It's it's one I invite you <laughs> need to make together. Right. Don't sneak off no, no, the no. a No, 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 no. And that's one no, thing that we've talked about that. very
0: deliberately. There will be no secrets. If right. I'm going to if I feel I need to make a change in my behavior, I'm going to say it. Luckily, my mess up of not communicating a change I was going to make was a relatively minor one. It, I stopped wearing garments. Uh-huh. Uh, which is not to
2: say, Relatively minor no. <laughs> me, <I'm> like, <laughs> I didn't,
0: I didn't go get a prostitute is what I'm trying to say. Right. It's I, I, fully understanding that that's a very serious thing. And it was a problem when it happened, but I'm glad if I was going to make a mistake, that was of the list of mistakes to make and keep secret. That was probably a pretty good one.
1: Well, uh, you should know that I had a former uh, escort one time explain to me that they, they, all the escorts in Utah know how to deal with garments. So, <laughs> do they? Yes. So, so fascinating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, good. So anyway, if you, when you decide you want to have your first drink, I, I offer that I will I will have you over and, and, and let you. Try. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. And then you. we can sit and make fun of him while he's down here. Oh my God!
2: always <laughs> says. Um, that your first drink will be with me.
0: I've, I've said I want our. I want the first time I have alcohol to be a glass of wine as you are drinking a glass of wine under the Eiffel Tower. How romantic, John. I like it. How romantic. I think that was a, a number of months ago, and now I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I'll just drink with my brother when we get to Georgia.
1: I'll tell year. you, my first drink was with 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 Zilpha, my former wife. We were on the shore in Miami. If we got a some kind of fruity, rummy drink, right. you know? Oh, it was terrible. Like, <laughs> no one told me the alcohol was like getting punched in the nose. Right. It's like drinking NyQuil. Yeah. I, I imagine. And it's
2: expensive too. <laughs> well,
1: it's all this buildup. It's
0: 36 years, almost yeah, 37 right. years. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, here it comes. The big moment. Oh my gosh, it's terrible.
1: Well, if, when, when, and if you decide, again, I don't mean right. to rush you, but know that you're in good company. Most of the prophets, seers, and revelators were drinkers. Right. All right. So, well, well, now it's going to move forward. Where, where do you want it to go? What's next? Where do you want to go with this, Katie?
2: Oh, jeez. I feel like we're just, like, keeping our heads above water. <laughs> we're paddling along. And um, I don't know. I Like I said, I I need to figure out a way to try and connect some of you couples together. Um, I don't know how we're going to do it, but that's, that's a big um, goal of mine. And to be honest with you, and I don't know if you have felt this way, John, but... Um, Alan and I feel like we have we could talk about so many different things that has nothing to do with Mormonism, and and um, so I've been like wanting to start another podcast um, in addition to our our current podcast, just so we can talk about life stuff and kids stuff, and because I feel like we have a lot of things that happen to us just randomly, and and we love to like share with other people, and so. I think I see that in our future. Yeah. Oh,
1: fantastic.
0: The self-therapy that is recording a podcast to work through some of this stuff, The there are still situations like this family proclamation conversation. Yeah. I would love to record that because I think that would be very good listening. It would also help us talk through it a little bit. Alcohol as well. But those, those big topics, we've worked through a lot of it. And again... Yeah sitting on that side of the table it's nice knowing because I mean (laughs) you're like oh my gosh you guys are a year and a half into this you know
1: oh you're you're handling it well I do have a homework assignment since just brought up the family the proclamation Alan you need to write your own so I want you to take I want you to take it I want you to rewrite it and and tell me what you think is
0: yeah
2: we've, we've talked about that We've talked
0: about it I started And about three lines in Katie was Katie's. Do you remember this? No Katie Obviously said, I don't remember Anything I started, you say I started me. writing it And within a few lines uh, Your feedback was This really seems like An Allen proclamation And not a family proclamation
2: Yeah I probably said that
0: And Because uh, it was probably Something like It doesn't matter what you believe I don't remember exactly well, what
1: it would be great To have you write your own Because you, you challenged The truth you threw, you threw down so, Right yeah. So you have if to If you're going to
0: replace This thing
1: What are you going to do? And then a great exercise would be to write one together. And, you know, as I look at it, the most value of that would be put it away and then come back in five or ten years and Mm -hmm. see how it's changed. Right. Mm Because it will change. Right, yeah. Especially when your kids, you know, you love your kids, but they turn into teenagers. (laughs) It's closed just a few months away.
2: (laughs) And we have a lot of milestones to hit with. Like, I I there's I feel like there's so many new things, like the proclamation happened, and then a couple weeks ago we went to a family member's funeral, mm. and Alan turned to me and said, um, I don't want my funeral in Elias Church. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> if you died tomorrow, like, I literally wouldn't know where to have it.
1: Just, <laughs> just logistically. Like, logistically. Thank you for bringing that up, because I, I have been to these funerals where ex-Mormons have, have passed away, and their family is just... As, as an ex community, we need to do better at getting support for those sort of things. And and, and it is. They, you, yeah. You, 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 We all need to express what our desires and wishes are.
2: Right. And, and Alan said, well, what will you bury me in? I'm like, well, your Kershaw Dodger jersey, of course. <laughs> and I got the
0: stamp of approval And, and, and for he me. was like,
2: that's oh, perfect. But it was interesting to go through this exercise of, well, what would your wishes be? you know, if, if you die tomorrow, what right. would your wishes be? And, um, I think people don't talk about it because it might happen. Well, it's going to happen. So right. you might as well talk about it. But, um, these are, these are just points that, you know, happen every day that you, you think, Oh, that's right. Well, how would we do that? And so it makes for a very interesting <laughs> conversation constantly, but I can see down the road, us hitting milestones with our kids and, and our marriage and as things change that um yeah that just that it'll change.
1: But I, I don't want to drag it on forever, but we do need to address kids. So that's one of the yeah. big conflicts. So yeah. it sounds like the kids are still going to the church. Um what what's what's been the resolution there so far?
0: That's probably the one the biggest topic that is Constant. constantly difficult, uh, and even if you're on the same page, it's constantly difficult. Right. I mean, you when mean, everything's going like great, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that uh, something that we've, something that I've really backed down from, and my, my brother, ironically, that has left the church, helped me feel more comfortable with this. By profession, he's a marriage and family therapist, and he, he, how I, I expressed a lot of angst around you know the older they get the more entrenched they're going to be and the more they're going to look at me and their father as misguided or wicked and and whether this is sound advice or this was just something to make me feel better it worked but he said he said you know the 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 younger generations don't think black and white like a lot of the older generations do i'm probably butchering what he said but he said they your your kids see how you act and they they you having left when they're pretty young, it's going to be normal for them to have you not there. So when they hit those stages where they're being pushed hard to, to prepare for a mission and, and get into dating and, and all those things, they're, they're not going to look at you as the outcast. They'll, they'll be more likely to defend you when people try to say that you're the outcast. And I, I don't know what you think about that, John, but when he told me, I was like, it, it helped for some reason. So for me with, if the kids choose to be there, uh, that's, that's fine. But currently I don't, they don't really have a choice hmm. and I don't love that, but they go. That's, that's the standard. <laughs> okay. That's the standard. Uh, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> let me, let me, let me <laughs> let's go, let's work through this. This, is, a, this, is, this is what
0: our podcast is like. Let's let me work through in it here
2: because the kids have, have a choice. They have never, I mean, our oldest is hard, and he has said to us, I don't want to go because I'm tired, you know, but we decided that if they, if they don't want to go because they're, I mean, they're saying something that they don't like, or it's being hurtful to them, that's one thing. If they just don't want to go because they're being lazy, that's not a good enough excuse, at least for what we've talked about. And to be honest, none of them have said, I don't want to go, not, not one of them. My little kids love primary and so um, my oldest who's probably the most um, combative with us he, he even when he's there he he doesn't really say anything and then we'll go home from church and the kids will say huh I wonder what dad made for us for lunch today <laughs> and and so it's it's very like normal in my house right now where we're at um, when we get to that point where the kids say, Hey, I don't want to go. I want to stay with dad. Then we can talk about it, but they haven't voiced that.
1: I really like the way you framed it out. Oh. And my advice after watching a lot of people struggle with this, even even like as the couples have left the church together, you know, what to do with their kids. I I I've, I've watched a lot of kids being raised and my advice would be just let the kids be. I was reading recently and and research is showing over and over again, it really doesn't matter what you say to your kids what your kids learn is they learn by just watching you and the kids are going to learn more by watching the way you guys interact, the way you guys are a couple than whatever you believe about the universe. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go their own way. But I do like that of, of saying, you know, you, you, don't have to go to church, but it needs to be a conscious decision, right? Because you know they'll come an age at fifteen or sixteen where you can't make them go. I mean, you can yeah. make them go, but it won't do any good, right? right. And they're going to go their own way anyway. Yeah. And 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 the, you're their parents. I mean, this is something that divorced couples learn, you know, because. No matter what happens, one of the couples is not going to have as much time with the kids, one of the members of of the the split marriage. And that gives a lot of angst for people who want to be there as as parents. It is really devastating if you're a father. It happens to fathers more often than mothers, but it does happen to mothers. And you want to be there for your children, and now you're seeing them every other weekend. Well, the research has shown that if you're there and involved in the kids and they know they care about you, it doesn't damage the relationship. And I think faith-wise, it's it's the same way, you know, that that what you're modeling is, hey, we're two adults who love each other and we can believe different things. And you're part of our family, too. You can believe different things and we still love you. Right, right. But I'm, I'm making it sound really easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's,
0: no it's, it's, yeah. never, it's not easy, but I, I completely see what you're saying. And one of our good friends who we met through the podcast, you know, Shine the light for us on the fact that the chances are your one of your kids at least is going to be in a mixed faith marriage. So right. if you can show them by what you're doing uh, that that is a that it can be a very healthy relationship and in fact be a better relationship, or uh, that's kind of hard to say because you. It's certainly difficult, but there are so many blessings and so many, so I'm using all my words from my my past life, but there's so many, uh, tender mercies. There's some, (laughs) there there are so many benefits, uh, that you're forced when you're trying to make this work that you, that you gain that we've been talking about today. And they'll see that and they'll feel that. Um, we talked just a few days ago about uh, our oldest and when he's older, if he says, I've decided I'm not going on a mission, how will that make Katie feel she'll feel it'll be devastating. It'll be very difficult. I
2: I don't, I, I, yeah, I think it would be hard because Alan and I both serve missions and I see, I mean, just take like the gospel aside. There are some great things you learn um, on how to get along, (laughs) how to work hard. There's just a lot of really good, valuable things that you learn from a mission. And, And so if I think about him not going, I think, well, where is he going to learn those things? Well, and
1: there are other things. And
2: there are other things. You know,
1: there's, you know, study abroad and and, and other things where they they can do.
2: Right. But, but But it's a little bit like, oh... Oh, okay. You don't want to go. Okay. That'll be
1: you in six years. Yeah. You'll be a different person. Right. Totally.
2: Yep. And we recognize that. And I think, um, we try to set up our kids so that they know that our agency, because we have agency, we get to decide. And, you know, we've talked to the kids about, well, Alan likes to watch horror movies and I hate them. Well, who's right in this situation? And it was our six-year-old who said, well, neither of you are right. It's your opinion. <laughs> and and that, But that's a valuable thing to have them learn early on because then they know that you can still have an opinion about something. It's not a, he's right, I'm wrong. As long as it's something that doesn't hurt you or someone else, you know, and you have that opinion, Oh, well, I think it's okay to watch a Rated R movie. Well, then, you know, we can talk about, other consequences with that, but it is your opinion. And so we're trying to frame that in our kids right now so that they can see us making different decisions, going to church, not going to church, but knowing that that's okay.
1: Yeah. Um, my, my stepchildren, um, when, when, uh, when Kimmy and I first got together, they still went to church, both of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I never like held my opinion back. Nor did I, like, pound an 11-year-old with, with, like, the depths of faith. Right. But but so, so if they didn't want to go to church, they didn't have to go to church. But if if they had young women's or young men's, I was happy to drive them. Like, you know, yeah. I, I yeah. and I think that they were able to process things at their own speed. And I think it's made them better people for that than if, if I'd forced them right. either one way or the other. Yeah. The
0: the one fun funny thing, and I, I'm sure a lot of people experience this, before... My whole crisis, uh, we, we weren't great about holding Family Home Evening, and now we are <laughs> so, so fervent in holding our Family yeah. Home Evenings because it's been another avenue for us to, together, decide, like, what are we going to teach the kids? Is
1: this like ex-Mormons in conference? Like, nobody pays attention to, to conference like ex-Mormons do? <laughs> that's, oh, right. that's right. That's, that's, a, that's
0: very, very true. I think it's for a little slightly different reasons, but like on, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we watched the "I have a dream speech uh-huh. and then we on a on a whiteboard, we wrote down what makes someone good and it on one side it was these things make someone good, and these things just don't matter and on the, on the don 't matter was color of your skin it was what you believe
2: tattoos. it was tattoos <laughs> it
0: was a lot of the a lot of the things that uh, if you had the same question being asked in in a Sunday school, you may not get the same list so it, it's it 's very fascinating to to kind of be in control with with where I'm at Right. to talk together and kind of pre-plan okay we're going to talk about this so how are we going to navigate it?
2: I think the key with that is intentional. We are very intentional with what we teach the children and neither of us go behind each other's back to talk to them like oh your dad says this but I believe this whatever we do we do it together and we sit down together because we want to provide a united front and it may be that we disagree about it and we tell them that we disagree about it but at least they know that we're both showing up and we're being intentional with them and what we teach them.
1: Great. Anyway. Well, it's been great talking to you guys. I think last thing, uh, I'll let you go first, Alan, because sure. I want you to bat rum clean up. Advice. Couples out there, tr- one's going through a faith crisis, they're trying to make it work. What's your advice?
0: Don't boil the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't have to figure everything out. And that's that's been said a few times tonight that... Yeah. You, you can take things just a day at a time. Don't try to fix everything. I like how you put it, John, you don't have to get to your destination. Uh, it's, it really is in the journey and you're going to miss a lot if you're trying to rush through things. Uh, or if you, you're either going to miss a lot of, of good things, or you're also going to cause some damage when we got some, uh, some, an email from a family member that was just, I mean, suggesting that maybe Katie should leave me the the natural reaction for someone in my position may be I am calling them we are never talking to them ever again <laughs> but instead I knew because of where we were at with me and Katie were at that it, that wasn't even an option we we that was off the table so how we responded was going to not stra- affect our relationship as a as a married couple, it was going to affect our relationship with this family member. What do we want? Do we want this family member in our life? Yes, of course we do. So let's be really careful about how we respond here. And me saying that to Katie, when she showed me the email, cause it wasn't sent to me, of course, that was a big moment for us too. And so that's just one example of just be thoughtful, take your time. If you're in the depths of hurt and anger, you are in every right to feel that way. It will, it will go by the wayside and at least be easier to control over time.
2: Yeah. So true. Um, I would say something that I really needed that I didn't have was a cheerleader. So if, if you have someone that you can confide in or you can talk to that could just be, um, support to someone to listen to get, get, just have one person on your side And that's not necessarily um, giving you bad advice, but is there to listen to some of your frustration and um, some of the anger that will eventually come out because uh, everyone needs just somebody to talk to. And, you know, you see that with the couples we talk to that, you know, sometimes these dinners are a volcano and they haven't told a single person and we're the first people that they're talking to about it. And so I've really learned that um, either side, wherever you are, have have a person in your corner that you can you can go to, and um, don't be afraid to seek out um, counseling for yourself or as a couple because uh, a lot of times those lines of communication are severed, and um, you can it's easy for someone else to talk about it because you're not emotionally attached to that person but when it's with your spouse it's a different story and sometimes you just need um an objective eye to to go through and help you and and I feel like um, that if you don't have good communication lines uh that's probably something that should be on the top of the list which um it takes time and money but um it's worth it
1: Great advice, and there are a lot of good therapists in Salt Lake and everywhere who are used to dealing with mixed faith. Um, mm-hmm. If if you're not in a in a, in a predominantly Mormon thing, um, you can find um, especially um, Jewish counselors are especially ones who deal with Orthodox Jews are very used to dealing with the the, the belief non belief segment in the culture. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of folks out there who are who, who are versed in dealing with these sorts of things and. Um, if you need help finding a therapist, um, if you're if you're in the Greater Salt Lake area, you can contact um, you can contact me. Uh, my my email is John at sunstone.org, and I'll, I'll refer you to somebody. Heck, if you contact any of these organizations. Uh, contact information for you too. Marriage On tightrope at gmail.com. And again give us your all your all your social media presence. <laughs>
2: Um, well, we're just on Instagram at Marriage on a Tightrope. But Alan runs our Facebook account, which is also Marriage on a Tightrope. Yep. And uh, you can go to org to find us. Um, or and, subscribe via the, uh, the
0: podcast app of your choice.
2: Sorry. Well, uh,
1: Fantastic. I look forward to, to hearing from you in the future and seeing how things are going. You know, it's a life is a journey. So thank you so much for sharing it and, 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 and modeling that uh you know there are ways that we can we can get through all this thanks again everybody for listening